When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Yeah, man. Still a buzz from last night. Still a buzz. That's fun, man. That is so fun. We spent that entirety, that first hour, really diving into that game. That game, nothing else. The program as a whole, what Leonard Hamilton and his staff have built, where we're at as fans, what it means to win games like that consistently. What the, what the standard has become for this basketball program. And that is very exciting. But what we didn't talk about was, you know, I, I guess I keep coming back to whatever the ceiling might be for this team. And to be sure, this is not a group that you go like, you think back to getting robbed during the COVID season. We thought that group, when you looked at the balance, the depth, the experience, the talent, we grouped all that as a potential Final Four national championship type team. You recall Dick Vitale and others saying they thought Florida State would have won the national title that year. We'll never know. We'll never know. But, you know, the, the, the reasoning for that assessment and, and estimate was that, hey, look, they had, ta- they had depth, they had size, they had experience, they had talent, they had leadership, they had a lot of the intangibles as well. They had all those things, and they had – just shown the year previous that they were capable of going on a deep run. And so we kind of projected that group out probably being a Final Four team. So it's, it's always going to eat at us. It's always, they, they mentioned that team last night. You went back, I went back and watched the broadcast again this morning to check out some things that I may have missed. And I, I noted, I, I paused it on a spot where they were talking about that team that finished the season ranked number four in the country. Of course, you can see that hanging from the rafters. But I'll always be angry that that happened. It's nobody's fault. It's just it's frustrating and, and sad because I, I hate it for those kids and I hate it for that staff. But we looked at that team. We viewed that team in a certain light. And then there have been others that we thought, oh, the right matchup, you could go deep. And I don't think we view this team that way. Now, the tournament is about matchups. It always is. And you see really good teams who have gaudy records that get into the tournament, and they have an off night. And because it's a tournament and they have an off night and somebody gets hot, well, you can see, you know, a one seed lose to a 16 because it's actually happened. Thanks, Virginia. Uh, So you never really know, but you can play the odds and you can look at what a team is or is not. And with this group, they're forever maturing and they're doing so quickly on a four-game win streak in games that, frankly, they're facing in the likes of Duke some really elite talent. 
and finding ways. And they've got a lot of different kind of guys um, that represent different ways of playing. It's it's very strange. Um, it's 13 overtime uh, wins in a row for Florida State. It's their own record that they're extending. Caleb Mills comes up huge in the extra time, hits that three-pointer, another jumper, which put us up 72-71 with 2.36 left. Duke answered with a corner tray. Matthew Cleveland converted a left-handed driving layup to tie it at 74. He was fouled, missed the free throw, usually does. Come on, Matthew. Banchero put Duke back up 76-74. Like going through the sequence, when you look at the game chart, this is so fun. So it's 76-74, Duke, one minute left. Mills gets that pass from Evans, drains a tray. We were talking about that at the end of last hour. Just straight up gets you some of this. Not afraid. I'm not pulling it back out to try to set something up. I got a clean look, and I'm that guy. So we're up 77-76, 57 seconds to go, and your heart is in your throat. And that's part of the fun of being there and rooting for this team and watching this group because we're in games like this all the time against the best in the country. It's so cool. So Banchero gets fouled on the next position. Uh, possession. He goes 2-2 two of two from the free throw line. It's 78-77. Duke, 36 seconds to play. We call a timeout, set up a play. Evans comes up big. He's fouled on the drive, 12 seconds to play. Drains both free throws just like he did against Miami with everything on the line. But out! We're up 79-78. Duke doesn't call timeout to set up a play. Wendell Moore attempts an off-balance drive to his left, which was blocked by Butler. Loose ball knocked into the backcourt, allowing for the Knowles to steal a 79-78 overtime win. We are 11-5, 5-2 of the AC, ACC, extending our overtime winning streak to an NCAA best 13. It's fun to document that. Fun to look at it possession by possession down the stretch. Now, that was the overtime. It's just as exciting to do that same thing uh, late in the game at the end of regulation. It's 67-65, 30 seconds to play. FSU takes a timeout, 14 seconds left. Play resumes, here we go. They switch back to man-to-man. Shashevsky was asked about why they went from playing zone, which had stymied our offensive flow, and went to man-to-man for that final possession. I will say this, his answer was direct. We're a man-to-man team. That's what we do. We play man. And in fairness to Duke, it's not like Raekwon Evans got a great look. <laughs> I mean, that is well defended. He drove. He drives to the right against Banchero. He releases that underhanded, high-arcing shot off the off the glass over Banchero and a seven-foot-one Mark Williams. That's probably not the way you would have drawn it up. Now, what we want you to do here, Raekwon, is to dilly-dally at the top of the key. We want you to really take your time as the precious seconds are coming off the clock. I want it to look disorganized, disjointed. I want the fans to feel sort sort of nervous energy like we don't know what we're doing. Then I want you to drive into the paint amongst the trees. They're two best players, in fact. Make sure you isolate their two best. And hit some wild-ass thing off the top of the glass for maximum emotional impact. I want there to be, can you believe that just effing happened? Coming out of the mouths of millions. 
when you hit this shot. Got it? Got it. Break. And off to overtime we went. Ho-hum, another win. Another overtime win, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot of balanced scoring. Six players end up with at least seven points. Caleb Mills, 18 points. Eight of those points on three of four field goals, two of two free throws in the overtime. Two boards and assists, two steals, two blocked shots. One of them's mean. One of them, you almost call a foul, not because it's a foul, because you realize the kind of hurt feelings that were on display after a nasty swatting like that. That was, he came after his family. It was a beautiful thing. John Butler with the game that we're still buzzing about. Career high, 14 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, one of oh, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc, I should say, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 boards, 2 block shots in 27 minutes. He's even on the floor for the final 5 minutes of regulation and 3 minutes of overtime. That's trust being built in the big man. Tall, skinny man, I should say. Naheem McLeod, career high, nine points, four of eight from the field, one of two free throws, seven boards in just 11 minutes, and a nasty dunk, and angry, like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to go ahead and dunk this now. What are we doing? Playing patty cake with the backboard over and over again. I'm just going to hammer this. That's where I was yelling. That's what my big man does. That's what you do, big man. That's why you're there. Raekwon Evans, six points, and, you know, little thing about game winners, game tires. Don't have to score a lot to have a huge impact. Anthony Polite, nine points. Not really shooting well from the field these days, but he does rebound the basketball. Five more of those for him, an assist and a steal in 31 minutes. Matthew Cleveland struggled from the free throw line, and that's got to be remedied because those minutes off the bench, he's really good at a lot of things. Shooting free throws isn't one of them. And I give kudos to Malik Osborne for coming back, playing on that ankle. They knew Florida, Florida State knew we needed him. We, we had to have him out there. He was fairly inefficient, one of seven from the field, seven points, one of six from three. Uh, but, you know, I think as he gets healthier, and he had seven boards, so you got you know, that, that accounts for something. Also a nice dish uh, that set up a good look from three. But I do, I, I do think Mark Williams would not go out and guard him because it didn't look like Malik was right. But I think as he begins to hit some of those shots, as he gets healthier and he gets his late, opposing bigs will have to go out there on him. Cameron Fletcher chipped in with six points, four boards, 16 minutes off the bench. Bench, I can speak. We even saw a Tanner Ingham cameo appearance in the first half. Maybe, just maybe, he's on his way back. It'd be nice. One more big man, right? Miami got out to a 49-42 halftime. We ended up telling North Carolina, get you some of this 85-57. to My God. Syracuse, Syracuse beat Clemson 91-78 in the Carrier Dome. All right. So we head into tonight's ACC schedule. Four other games. Current league standings. Miami 6-1, first place. Florida State 5-2, second place. The net ranking, Ken Palm ranking, they shoot way up after the win last night against Duke. Four straight victories will help. That one really helps. 49, Ken Palm, 58, net. That's better than Miami, who leads the conference record-wise. Duke is 4-2 and two in the ACC, sitting a half game back of Florida State, a game and a half back of Miami. They've lost to both those teams. North Carolina, 4-2, and two, also a game and a half back. 
But both Duke and North Carolina, better net rankings, better Ken Palm rankings. Notre Dame, Wake, Virginia, Louisville, BC, doesn't matter after that. Bunch of bad teams down at the bottom. So we go from 70th to 58 in the net rankings. You do start to pay attention to some of these things at this course at this point in the season. I don't I don't get I don't get too bogged down by it, but I, I do pay attention. Uh, so you got you, There are very few very good high ranking net ACC teams right now. Getting wins over the likes of a Duke become I mean goes without saying monumental. Because you're not going to get the chance to make a big splash and see that number change a lot. Now, of course, just winning games, continuing to win basketball games, will take care of itself. At some point, if you amass the right record and there you sit atop the ACC or in the top three of the ACC, you certainly have given yourself a legitimate chance just to make the tournament by being one of the elite in a Power 5 conference. Not a great version of the ACC this year. That's an understatement. FSU does not have, we do not have a lot of time to celebrate right now. An emotional win, true, but we do have to turn around and host UNF. And I get it, it's a makeup game. It's at noon tomorrow. It's, I mean, good luck. I don't know. I'll be giving you updates on the Jeff Cameron show on a redemption Thursday. If you don't know, UNF sucks. Okay, so if you were driving around going, is UNF any? Does anybody know if UNF is any good? Nope, they're not. They're 0 and 5 in the A Sun. They're 4 and 14. They suck. But we're tired. We're tired, and that was an emotional win. And if you don't show up, you can get beat. So that's the makeup game tomorrow at noon. Uh, you want to talk about the antithesis of an atmosphere? How about what you had last night? And then, hey, everybody, it's noon. Here's North Florida. Woohoo! There's like a janitor whistling. You can hear him as the game's going on. I like that we play the Ospreys these days frequently, right? It seems fitting that we would have the Ospreys rolling here during a sleepy nooner. It's the seventh time we've uh, matched up since 2010. I get the sense that when we're scheduling, like, I don't know what we, what do we do here? Get the Ospreys in here. We'll whoop their ass. I like it. I like it. Good call, Bob. Call down there to Jerry. He'll say yes. He wants the paycheck. He knows they suck. It's a short jaunt to make a nice bit of cash and take that ass kicking. But they do rely heavily on three-point shooting. Nearly 50% of their field goal attempts are from beyond the arc. So if we're not able to extend and get out and get a hand up, uh, I'm just saying don't let them get rolling and believing because we're tired. We're tired. We need to really be able to cruise with a bunch of backups. We need to find a way to get out to a big lead and rest guys because that trek down to Miami ain't going to be easy. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Ospreys. Not Ospreys. I don't know a thing about an Osprey, other than it's a bird. Noldad wants to know if our record-setting uh, overtime streak of 13 consecutive overtime wins is a OT Platinum Bohica. Well, but it's not over any specific team, so, you know, your Bohica, not a concept, but a... Uh, so no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it works that way. I'm trying to turn the page. This is the best weekend of the NFL. After this, you get too few last weekend, too many. And we don't know if down the line, the extra team and game and all that's going to lead to some, you know, thrilling conclusion with uh, amazing results. But we do know the first year of this was a dud. This was a whole lot of, man, another ass kicking. And it seemed predictable because some of the the extras, you you know, I mean, I, I hate to be cruel, but, I mean, did we really need to see Philadelphia make the playoffs this year? I I. I did we really need to see Philadelphia make that playoff run? I didn't need to see that game, no. No. Uh, and we didn't need to see the Steelers. Like, if I'm being fair, like, did anybody need to see the Steelers in the playoffs? Come on now. We all knew the deal there, right? And I'd like to see that second team have a bye, not just because it was the Bucks, But as we sit here today, and, and really, uh, if, if we're being honest, if we take a sneak peek, I would say that um, most people who observed the games this past weekend and kind of project out probably are leaning towards the Rams to come in and beat the Bucs. I, I, when you say, now listen, you can probably be more objective than me. I pride myself on being uh, pretty objective with my teams. I, I, can, I can tell you, yes, I root for them. Yes, I want to believe in them. And given a 50-50 chance, I believe... Um, you know, and my guys, I'm rooting for them to do well, but that that Bucks offensive line is beat to hell to go with an overall theme of being beat down and some guys coming back, but first game back, are they going to be where they need to be? They took a step in the right direction last week. The Bucks are one of these teams where it's, I said this at the beginning of the playoffs, you know, let us get through that first weekend and get a couple guys back. All right, I'll say it again. Let's get through this one. Get a couple more guys back. You don't want to play us as we get right. We know that. But I just think the race against time and getting guys right and getting guys back, and there's some guys you're just not going to get back. You're not getting Godwin back. That's a big damn deal. You're not getting Antonio Brown back. Good. But, you know, he's a good player. An ass. An emotional child. But an elite matchup. Uh, and a problem matchup for most. So 
telling him to hit the road and then losing Godwin is not something you recover from very easily. Then you throw in the mix all the other injuries. And this past week, the whole thing for me is Werfs. You know, it's more than can he play Ian Rappaport talking about whether or not he could play, watching Tristan Werfs go uh, go down, Ryan Jensen go down on Sunday. Uh, that was looking bad. But Jensen's good to go. It doesn't look like he'll practice this week. I'm fine with that. If you can shoot him up and he's able to give 100% in play at elite level, uh, Jensen, then I'm fine with that. It's the Werfs situation that has me concerned um, because you did see, obviously, you, you watched uh, what that Rams defensive line looked like. You know, the conversation centering around, we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday on some of the headlines because it's primarily Florida State stuff, but I, I keep going back to this Kyler Murray thing, man. There are guys, and he's one of them, where if you don't... So it has been proven by a lot of guys now that you don't have to have the classic measurables. So you don't have to be 6'4 to play quarterback in the league. It used to be like 6'3", 6'4". There were outliers like Drew Brees. There were guys that could overcome size disadvantages as long as they processed really well. As long as they moved well within the pocket, maybe they had a big arm. Like if you think about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, body type, he's short. It's what held him back in terms of the draft stock, right, with draft equity. Everybody was like, well, he's got a cannon for an arm. His body, even though he's short in stature, he's a thick dude. So the thought from scouts was that, and I remember talking about this because Tom and I agreed that I thought he was worth taking a chance on in the first round. He was that kind of a player. But we saw him a lot. We saw him at NC State, and then later on, obviously, they were dumb enough to allow for him to transfer and go to Wisconsin, and he played great there, too. Now, when you watched him, you said, well, all the tools are there. He's got a big, big arm, incredibly mobile. He's a thick guy. So maybe all of that is enough to overcome his height. His height. Other guys, you know, again, if they have unique skills in that they are so Lamar Jackson is otherworldly fast and elusive there are aspects of playing quarterback in which he's fairly middle of the road but those other aspects those elite skills those things that nobody else can do oftentimes offset the average skill set as a thrower okay so I say that to say what? To say that it's cool that there's been an influx of different styles of play from the quarterback position, different kinds of players. Josh Allen's a freak. Include him in that mix. I mean, the Bills will design power runs around him being the runner. We're not far removed from that never being the case in the NFL. Like Nobody said within their offensive concepts, let's design... 15 plays, 10 plays, 7 plays a game where we just line it up and run him, our quarterback, our starting quarterback. But he's a hoss. He's a monster. He's really fast for his size, and he's got a cannon for an arm. So the more you utilize all of those unique skills and the more he obviously refines those skills, and he's done that each year he's been in the league, the the more weaponry we're adding to our offense, the better off we are. So we design it around him. That brings me to who? Kyler Murray. He has to be so uh, impactful with his legs to be effective 
that if that gets taken away in any way, if teams are capable of keeping him in the pocket for the vast majority of the game, and they make him read, and they make him throw on time in rhythm, and they make him see over that offensive and defensive line, despite that, in you know, he's a very short quarterback. He becomes pedestrian in a hurry. And you're watching that first quarter the other night against the Rams, and you're going, can you ever really win with him? That's not to say that he won't have games where he's the best player on the field. He will. He has a unique skill set, a very unique skill set. And it served him well, obviously, all the way to a Heisman Trophy in college. And he did amazing things. And there have been games in the NFL in his short career where you're like, look at this guy. Wow, what a nightmare. What a nightmare dealing with this guy. But when we project about what are you in the playoffs and how do the games get played and what kind of defenses you're going to face, you don't get the week or two in a row where you get to face an average to, to subpar defense when you're in the playoffs. The chances you're facing somebody who's terrible on defense in the playoffs are virtually nil. They might be average, but they're not going to be terrible. And they're going to have the ability, most teams, to keep you in the pocket and make you throw the football. Now, again, there will be moments. I mean, th- again, the Bills design run plays for him, for Josh Allen. But, golly, he gets hurt a lot, lacks durability, lacks size, and doesn't get the ball out on time as a thrower when they take away his legs. I don't know. I think if I were the Cardinals, I'd be very concerned that we built it around a guy that simply, when it comes time to win, can't, won't be able to, won't have the requisite skill set or toolbox to win uh, consistently in the NFL. I do like watching him when he's right, but, man, that was ugly. That was, ooh. That's why I kept saying, I really hope the Cardinals win. I desperately wanted the Cardinals to beat the Rams because I think the Cardinals would have got beat down by Tampa Bay. The Bucks would have kept him in the pocket and said, win. And now that the, the secondary is healthy, good luck with that. FPI gives the Bucks 66% chance to win. That they're seems fa- They're favored. The Bucks are favored. Really? Yeah. Well. I... I <sighs> so I have a real close friend. And we, we're always going back and forth about the Bucks. And he's, he's a listener of the show. He might be listening right now. Real smart guy, great guy. We go back and forth. And we've, all, we've won our fair share of battles. I've won some over him. He's won some over me in terms of player assessment and projecting teams and all that. And I have found over the years that he's typically, and he's older than me, so he grew up down in Tampa. He remembers even more indelibly than I do just the, the beatdowns year in and year out that the Bucks took. Now, I remember us being terrible. But I think it's so saturated the core of who he is that he is always siding on uh, – he's always leaning towards the negative. He's always kind of like, I don't know. I don't. Even during last year's Super Bowl run, I'm like, man, dude, we're probably the best team in football. It's looking more and more like we're the best team in football. We're starting to get it. Look at us. We're coming on at the right time. I think we can go win. He's kind of like, I don't know, man. Until finally, like midway through the second quarter, oddly, of the Kansas City game in the Super Bowl, he's like, oh, we're going to win this game. They can't. They got nothing for us. I'm like, right, yes, we're about to win this. It's hard. You have to pinch yourself, right? But he was telling me before the end of the season, oh, I think the Eagles will play us close. And I'm like, Come on. Man. <laughs> if we're back healthy, if Shaq Barrett plays, if Volante David plays and the Eagles can't run, that ain't going to be a close game. And it wasn't. But he also like you'd you'd have the, you'd have me believe listening to him that we're, we're going to get run off the field that it shouldn't even be close that I'm biased for thinking the Bucks can compete in this game. Like, the Vegas made him the favorite. 
You just talked about the FBI. I mean, the problem is I would agree that the Bucks could win the game, maybe even should win the game at home, if they just didn't have injuries to the best offensive line in the league. Like, you can't lose Tristan Wirfs, your Pro Bowl right tackle, and get a 60% version of him out there on Sunday against that defensive line. And you certainly can't have anything less than a 100% version of Jensen at center. So you're talking about two Pro Bowl players now, I mean, absolutely pivotal to your success. They underscore everything you're trying to do. You're going to want to run the ball, create balance so that Brady isn't going against a defense who's pinning his ears with two receivers that are absent and you're still not, you know, you're not seeing that timing, whether it's Scotty Miller, whether it's Johnson, you're not seeing it with those guys. You see it with Evans and you see it with Gronk, but the Rams are good enough in the secondary to take those two guys away, especially with Jalen. So, I mean. You got to change your identity and also block Von Miller and Aaron Donald. You can block Von Miller. Aaron Donald's a different animal. That's a different deal. A motivated Aaron Donald's a very different deal especially when you're having guys that are hampered by injury and lacking mobility. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a bit of a problem. I, I think I think the, I think the Bucks will play a whole lot with the tight ends. I think they'll line up and try to run the ball and shorten the game and then let Brady make some plays in the fourth quarter if we can get it there. Because I like that matchup. I like the Bucks' defense with a completely healthy secondary. Levante Davids returned. You, you, you've seen that group up front look very good. And I think that if, if you're going to – if you're going to put the Rams in a position to have to win a game on the road throwing the football, I, I kind of like us. But if they get to play from out in front and they can run the football and we're, yeah, and, and we're going to have to throw and they can pin their ears against an injured offensive line, no, I, the Rams could, could, could run away with it. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. But I think the, the buck may stop. It may happen. Play with house money, baby. Who do you like in the Cincinnati-Tennessee game? I love that game. Golly, do I love that game. I just, you know, I got a man crush on Joe Burrow. I don't think there's been any uh, definitive statement on Henry either so far he this week. He practiced, though. He practiced. I do know that. He was taking contact. You, you, you're talking about a game that if uh, he is able to come back and play, in which two of my favorite players in the entire league will be going head-to-head. How cool is that? You've got the, the steadying, brutal force of Henry running the ball downhill, testing your manhood every play, and the brash, anticipatory, confident, over-the-top confident Joe Burrow and teammates that love his ass. I think the problem in that game, and it's the number one thing that I keep coming back to, and we'll do this tomorrow on Redemption Thursday and look at these games, but I, the more that I look at it, the, the more fear I have that Cincinnati's offensive line, which has been a bit of a problem, is going up against a good front in Tennessee, and that is where I worry. Because Joe gets hit a lot. Joe gets hit too much. Joe gets hurt because he gets hit so much. That, that's got to that's gotta settle down, man. It's one thing to, to be able to read a defense and get the ball out on time and anticipate. You've got an electrifying, perhaps uh, most dynamic receiver in the game right now, Jamar Chase. But it doesn't mean anything if you can't get into situations where you make Tennessee play you honest. And it, uh, it doesn't mean anything if you're forever throwing to him on third and seven. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network.
Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Heads up, business owners. Stop putting off a roof renovation because, quote, it's too expensive. Under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you can deduct up to $1 million on your income taxes as an expense without the cost of your property to be depreciated. This reform includes improvements that are made to your commercial roofing, too. Call T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction, 850-766-1340. Uh, 850-766-1340. Get a free quote today at tsparkconstruction.com. That's tsparkconstruction.com. Yeah, the other one, by the way, we didn't talk about, um, and, and we were, were mentioning this. Uh, the, I mean, I like, I'm excited about the Cincinnati Tennessee game. Obviously, Bucks Rams is good, but I mean, finally getting to see Green Bay play here. Green Bay play here, and I, all week long in the NFC, all you're doing is checking injury reports, um, Bucks situation, and then obviously the 49ers situation. So. You know they'll scheme it up, but I, I don't know that they're healthy enough to, to make this a game unless they can run it and keep it out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Aaron Rodgers going against his uh, new team next year. So Garoppolo, quote-unquote, entered the playoffs playing for his job. Certainly didn't do anything to embolden um, one to say, you know, I like that Jimmy G. We're going to stay with him. Dude tried to give the game away. As soon as he made that throw and you saw it high as he's rolling to his right, you're like, ooh, oh, that's that's the only thing you couldn't have done. That's the one thing, dude. You could have ran you could have run straight into the stands. People would have been like, Well, that's that's interesting. I don't know why he did that. But that is less damning than the pick that he threw, which is like the lone thing you go, Oh, dude, it's gonna be a game because of you. You know, it's funny, when teams lose, and, you know, these playoffs start, you watch teams lose, your Eagles lose, the Las Vegas Raiders lose 26-19 to the Bengals, good game. Hey, man, I got it. The Eagles they, lost. They did. They did. They lost the game. They did. It wasn't very competitive either. Uh, but you go through the games, hey, listen, you could have been the Patriots. You could have been on the wrong end of a historic ass-beaten 47-17 in which you looked like children competing against men. I never thought I'd see the day that the Patriots would look not only like a group who was disinterested in a playoff game, but who weren't big enough, strong enough, fast enough to compete. They got run off the field in a way that was humiliating. But what ends up happening, it's funny, when the bully finally gets knocked down, right, you start to see the playground a little different. That playground was that it was owned by New England until it wasn't. And even with the Bills' nice run last year, you're kind of like, well, the Patriots are in a transitional year. We'll see. And then you see the Patriots in that first matchup against the Bills, and the weather's terrible, and they go in there and they run the ball down their throat, and you're like, man, are they really doing this again? Are they because Nope, nope. They are light years away from where Buffalo currently sits. It's officially the unseating of a bully. It's happened. Buffalo is the one now who just walks up, takes your lunch. Give me that. Give me that, Mac. And so what does New England do? What you begin to say is where are they? Like how 
what do they have to do? What do the Eagles have to do? I think for the Eagles, it's as simple as going to get a quarterback. Oh, you must not have uh, seen the news today. The Eagles already named their starter as uh, Jalen Hurts next year. Why? What's the rush? It's January. Why why are they? (laughs) We're a really well-run organization. What are you you racing against here? You you, you just lost an hour ago. What do you? Why? (laughs) Hey, guys, we want to get out in front, just in case you're wondering. What's the point of that? But, no, if you're New England, you're saying, okay, we got Mac. He had a good rookie season. Looked like he hit a wall at the end of the year. He had some limitations, but he played pretty well. So, you know, you feel good about that. Where you don't feel good is team speed. You look slow. New England looks slow as hell. I mean, like, tortoise slow. So you're going to start to address that. Got to find some more skill position guys, too, at wide receiver. They don't have a lot there. Meanwhile, that same sort of question, right? What do the Raiders do? I don't think they move on from Derek Carr. I think they feel pretty good about who he is. Not great, not elite, not bad. That's kind of a proper assessment of Carr, right? Good leader in the locker room, beloved, I think, by his teammates. No questions there. And good enough, but you got to have pieces around him. So the Raiders right off the bat went, yeah, we'll fire our GM. Probably a good idea. Probably not the GM you should have ever hired to begin with. Which we all said at the same time. But eh, Mike Mayock, decent on TV, probably not your GM. Oh, oops, look at that. You're hiring Mike Mayock as your GM. That's odd. All right, so they fired him. And they'll do stuff with the roster, to say the least. Arizona Cardinals have a hard decision. Again, I like to just check the boxes, the teams that lost. Well, you know the Steelers are going to get a new quarterback. They've got to get a new quarterback. They don't have one on the roster that's any good at all. So this is not a great year to draft a quarterback either. What do you do if you're Pittsburgh? You certainly are probably, in a weird way, relieved that Big Ben is gone. He was terrible this year. I mean, awful. Still got to the playoffs, but come on. If we're being honest, he's a hindrance. Has been for two years. Time to move on. So good. You get to, uh, you have a ceremonial, hey, Good on you, Ben. Appreciate you. All-time great. Peace. We'll see you around the stadium. We'll watch the games together, and we'll start fresh at quarterback. Do the Cardinals make a decision? Do the Cardinals say, look, man, I don't know. We have the right coach. Do we have the right quarterback? Probably did enough in this season to run it back with those two again, right? I hate that. When you're a fan of a team where you're looking out there and you're like, you know, we're good enough to win 11 games, maybe 12. That team ain't winning the Super Bowl. Who are we kidding? We're going to keep running this back out there. We know we're up against it. Dallas has to decide. You know, Dallas is in a tough bind. Uh, I mean, was that performance poor enough to justify firing McCarthy? I think so. I would have never hired him to begin with. They look ill-prepared. They commit a bunch of pre-snap penalties. That's embarrassing. Pre-snap penalties are a sign that you are not buttoned up. You are not prepared to play. They came out flat. They looked terrible. When they weren't playing bad teams and pounding said bad teams, they often lost games against the better teams in the league. You have real talent on that roster, but 14 penalties for 89 yards mixed in with a, a cup of dumbassery, it's tough. I wonder, again, what do you do? And that performance also flies in the face of the reason that Jerry gave for hiring McCarthy in the first place. Mm-hmm. His Super Bowl experience, his playoff experience, his preparation, and none of that was on display. Well, they're in trouble because it looks to me, and we see guys fall off cliffs at this position all the time, Ezekiel Elliott can't play. And it happened like that. 
it's been clear for well, yeah, but it's a year and a half, clear. two years yeah. that Pollard is is the better player. But they still only averaged three yards a carry in that game. They couldn't run the ball. So I, you got. I mean, listen, Lord knows they've got talent at wide receiver. It was a weird game. They're running those outs and little curls. They couldn't get CD Lamb involved at all. It was a weird game, man. I don't know. Hey, I would hate it. I would just hate it to be stuck in that position. And we'll be doing the same for other teams this weekend because once it happens, but this is the one. This is the buildup to the best weekend to me that the NFL has. You have these great games, compelling matchups. You can make arguments for every one of the opposing teams, right, to win that game. I can make an argument for the Rams. I can make an argument for the Bucks. Certainly I could make an argument if I wanted to for San Francisco. I don't think they'll beat Green Bay, but you could make the argument. They're a good enough team that you wouldn't be stunned if they won the game. That's true of all the matchups, right? It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show wrapping it up on War Chant TV and 93.3 Real Talk Radio. If, uh, again, you're watching on War Chant TV, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you very much. And uh, do the thing where you um, where you share everybody, where you say, look at this greatness. Let's help out our friends at War Chant. <laughs> My man, wait in. Did you uh, just catch up? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's let's get to this. We've got to get to some wagers. I, I I'm excited about a few of these, so uh, I will read it and then you will cue it up. Brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Fire. Hey, Big Daddy. Having some red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Right into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy. An empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Good timing, Ingvar. Hey, Jeff. Hello from Russian Knoll fan uh, from St. Petersburg, Russia. Go Knowles. Great job, brother. I appreciate the uh, 100 rubles. Check out uh, the ruble to dollar. Let's go check that rate. I'm just curious. He may have given me $5,000 or 6 bucks. <laughs> I just appreciate the support, Ingvar. Oh, you got, you got it for me already. 100 Russian rubles mm. equals $1.31. There you go. There you go. All right. That's just support, though. That's my man rolling in there. They, you know, there was a place called B. Merrill's. B. Merrill's was on Appalachian Parkway. You old-time Tallahassee folks will remember B. Merrill's. And uh, I used to go to B. Merrill's 
because they, and this is when I was in college, they had an around the beer, around the world beer tour. And if you finished the beers, over 100 of them, you had this little white, uh, uh, like little notebook, and they would cross them out for you. Your, your server would cross them out. But by the way, they had the best damn wings ever. I loved them. I spent a lot of time at B. Merrill's back in the day. A lot of time. Uh, and so the point would be, they would come through and they'd cross off the beers that you had, and you'd go to different parts of the world. But they had a they had a ruble, they had a ruble, and I used to drink it because it was delicious. I don't know if they still make that beer, but they did. It was good. Uh, so the wagers for the day. I'll give you many more of these, but I'm leaning towards the six point teaser pleaser, kids. I like this particular six point teaser pleaser. I'm going to tease the Packers to a pick 'em and tease up the Bengals to plus nine and a half. I like that. I, I've, I'm not pulling the trigger just yet. Stay tuned tomorrow for more trigger pulling. But you could, yeah, it's, if I get them at nine and a half. Who do you like in the golf this week? Well, I need Abraham answer to start making putts. I like him this week uh, very much. I This is a more predictable tournament. John Rahm, your favorite for good reason, uh, you know. Patrick Cantlay is uh, number two on that list. Yeah, for good reason. Like, I'm kind of standard stock here this weekend. Cantlay and Rom. If you want a flyer, Gooch is a good one to take a flyer on. He's played really well lately, and it's a, I, I think he's got a chance to play well this weekend. You got any Phil Mickelson stock this weekend? No, I don't have any Phil Mickelson stock this weekend. You do? You got a flyer on Phil? Me? No. I'm Tiger. Ride or die. I've got – I also have Siwoo Kim, who's actually won this, and I like Matthew Wolf. I think Matthew Wolf's going to have a big year, but this seems pretty standard. I, you know, Corey Connors, I picked him last week to have a good week. He had a good week. I like him to have a good week this week. Zalatoris is my man. Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler, he's still got to get his first win. I, you're not going to really outfox a lot of people this week, I don't think, uh, unless you were to go outside of that group. I do think if you took Matthew Wolf and Seawood Kim, you have the kind of volatility you need because, again, you're not looking for guys that are so obvious. Everybody's going to have Rom. Everybody's going to have Sung J.M. Did Zalatoris take some time off? He that's, did. that's the he first did. time I've heard yeah. you say his name in a while. Yeah, Will Will took a little time. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. Sweet swinging Will, man. That that he, that's the same every time. It's a thing of beauty. Hey, good work out of you, and good work to all of you. Wasn't that fun to bask in the glow one more day of that game last night? That win over Duke. It was glorious. What a time. What a good time. Don't ever take that for granted. We have never been a basketball power. And so I don't take it for granted. We've turned into a wildly consistent bunch that wins games like that on the regular, and it's a thing of beauty. Talk to you guys tomorrow on a Redemption Thursday. Be well. Peace.